0: Well, this is Ed Stetzer Live, and I am Ed Stetzer, and super excited to come to you this day, every Saturday, at this time, to talk about issues of our culture, about, well, the gospel, about the mission we're on and the moment we're in. And, uh, and as you know, this is, I just got back, well, you don't know this, but as you know, we are broadcast from Chicago, and you didn't know, I just got back from a lovely walk with Donna, my lovely, amazing wife. And uh, because it is 60 plus degrees in Chicagoland, I know that I know that some of you, you know, you're listening on K-Wave, in the dream of sunshine in Southern California. But for the rest of us, we are actually not always you are not in South Florida. Some of you are living the warm all the time. So this is a very exciting day for us. So I'm in a super good mood today because of the beautiful day. Because, you know, Moody, Moody Bible Institute, you know, Moody Radio is a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Downtown Chicago. If you haven't been there, it's amazing. Mark Jobs, our president, what God is doing through Moody Bible Institute, and uh, and so our ministries are headquartered here. And then, uh, so so again, we we have a winner that lasts about about seven months. But so super good day today, and a great day to have as a guest, a, a really a, a dear friend of many years. I don't even know, maybe 10, 15 years. Uh, his name is Justin Holcomb. We're going to talk about his book. you let me mention it a few times because I want you to get it. I'm, I'm reading it, right? So it's called, um it's, it's, it's a devotional, uh, but it's kind of not, well, I'm, I'm going to explain it just a minute. It's not like a normal devotional. Not that there's, I don't know, there's all kinds of devotionals. So um it's called God With Us, 365 Devotions on the Life and Work of Christ. And I got to tell you i my life is built on the life and work of christ and i hope yours is as well so we're going to talk to justin holcomb today who by the way lives in one of those places that doesn't appreciate a 65 degree day matter of fact he'd probably be out with a parka Uh, but he is an award winning author professor pastor he's written uh, or edited 12 books on abuse theology and biblical studies he teaches theology and apologetics at Reform Theological Seminary and at Gordon-Conwell. One of these days we want to get him at the Wheaton College Graduate School. We've talked about this, right? He serves as the canon for vocations in the Diocese for Central Florida, Episcopal Diocese of Central Florida, which I'm sure in this show some of the weird connection I have there. He had me preach down at the cathedral a few years ago. We'll come up. And he is the co-host for the White Horse Inn podcast and a uh, guest co-host for As in heaven podcast justin holcomb i'm so excited to have you on the program today thank or back on the program thanks for joining us
1: hey ed i'm enjoying my 85 degree weather here hate in you. central florida so just trying i'm to sorry we, we've lost you. our connection
0: with justin holcomb we've lost him <laughs> 85 degrees what i can't i can't no i'm just kidding it was a joke we lost you because you were talking about how warm it was
1: oh you you scared me to death. You that's you, you you always mess with me and I was I'm sitting here thinking what did I do wrong? I mess it all up. He's throwing me the um, welcome and here um, I am dropping the ball. But yeah, it's sorry, it's 84 degrees, not 85. 84 degrees. So but-
0: so it must be co- it must be cold for you then. So it's uh I know it's hard. You live in the Orlando area. <laughs> you know, I went to high school in the Orlando area and so uh so Justin's uh pastor bishop is was my High school pastor and uh, when I was in high school and so we have some wonderful connections and I know you are uh, living the dream in Orlando just remember just remember June and July you want to be up here in Chicago maybe we have to have you up to come visit
1: happily happily.
0: Okay, good. Well, let's talk some. So you've written this book, and uh, it's on my desk right now. I've started, I've started in, and one of the things, too, people, when they hear it, 365 devotions, they, they immediately think, okay, so if I don't start January 1, then I can't do this until, you know, just start next, buy the book next December. But that's not how it's structured, but it's a, uh, so tell us a little bit about um, kind of the, I, I want to start first with the, the why you focused on the life and work of Christ. I know we, we, we both have a deep love for understanding what Jesus did on the cross for our sin, in our place, how his resurrection, the new life in Christ, the life and work of Christ, and what's one of the things I love about the devotional. So talk to us about why the life and work of Christ became your focus when you could have focused on a thousand other things.
1: Yeah, I, I could talk. we could talk about this the entire time. So we'll, I'll start with the one of the reasons is because Focusing on the life, person, and work of Christ is something that all Christians share in common. I wanted to Mm -hmm. be a part of a devotional that every Christian across the the spectrum could enjoy and go, yes, yes, because, yes, we have disagreements on, you know, baptism, styles of worship, end times— you know, different things like that. And those are important. I, I, I value those differences. It's different teams, different dimensions of the vineyard, and they all work together like the body of Christ. But I wanted to focus on something that we can all agree on, which is that, that Jesus is fully man and fully God, and that has huge implications. And we can unpack those, but you know, he, he gets human experience, but without sin. He was tempted, Hebrews says, and he did not sin and he understands being betrayed, and so he understands the human experience, but he's also God, and so he's powerful enough to overcome our enemy of Satan, sin, hell, death, the grave. He can conquer our enemy because he's also God. And then the work of Christ is so important. Uh, The bullseye is what you just said, the, the cross and the resurrection. He he died in our place for our sins. He lived a perfect life so we can be declared righteous, as you know Second Corinthians we are the righteousness of God this is shocking, and the words that the Bible that Paul and the New Testament uses for us if we're in Christ are things like pure, perfect, and holy, not because we are, but because Jesus was, and he gives to us his righteousness, and he takes our sin. It's the great exchange. And then he rises from the dead to vindicate uh, his work. And and so the cross and resurrection are important. But I also wanted to add to that, I mean, John Calvin said, when Jesus incarnated, redemption began. So the incarnation, the, what we celebrate at Christmas, the perfect life of Jesus, the death, the resurrection, the ascension is unbelievably important, and the fact that he's coming again. So the the, the entire focus for 365 days is what does it mean that Jesus is God for us? What does it mean that Jesus is human for us? And then the works of Christ, what does it mean for, and how, how does the incarnation uh, serve us as, as God's ministry to us? What about the Ascension? Why is the Ascension so important? It, and I'd love to unpack that some more. And why, why the return, why is the return something that's so important for salvation? So I wanted to uh, give the wide, uh, bounty of God's goodness in the person and work of Jesus Christ.
0: Oh, and I love it. I love it. And I love, you know, partly because I know you and just have such great respect for you. It's, you know, reading a devotional that some and I know and, and just appreciate and love writing has been a ministry to me. But I do, I want to encourage folks to, again, pick up the devotional it's, it's 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 god with us 365 devotions on the life and work of christ now um a little background because we have we have an hour so we, we got some time to talk through some of these things well, let me, let me um, jump in but, on something
1: because this, 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 no, this devotional is kind of a reflection of what you have done in your ministry because like you said we we've been friends for a while and what i've mm. what i really respect about you is that you can speak to any denomination if if you believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ and you're baptized in the, in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you're going to serve them regardless of the secondary things. And, and so it really is following that type of mere Christianity. That's what C.S. Lewis was doing. That's what you're doing. And, and I want to go in that direction. So your listeners who have been listening to you, they'll, they'll feel comfortable with this type of devotional because this is what they're hearing from you uh, on this radio show regularly.
0: Oh, you're very gracious. You're very gracious. Um, so one of the things, just we got, just for some fun background to walk through. So you are uh, an evangelical Anglican in the Episcopal Church. And so one of the things that a lot of our listeners, I'm, I'm not an Anglican and my church doesn't follow the liturgical seasons. So um so there are seasons, those and most most of our listeners wouldn't be. Right. So so um so when I when I kinda of look through the book and you know, you you were emphasizing things that, you know, you mentioned the incarnation, you mentioned the ascension. These are all things that you have on a calendar that most of us don't have. <laughs> and so take a moment and explain that for those who this is a new idea and then I wanna talk about how it relates to the devotional.
1: I love that I didn't even think about that connection really to it. Um, because it's the, the 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 church year is what it's called, and, you know it follows the church year calendar, and so every year um, we actually rotate. Uh, we have three years: year A, B, and C. And year A goes for an entire year, starting from November, and 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 then going up to October. And And uh, year A follows the Gospel of Matthew, year B follows Luke, year C follows Mark, and then John's always sprinkled in. So what we're doing every year is we're following the life of Christ from the promise of his incarnation. So that's where we start, the promise. God's making a promise in the Old Testament. He's going to send his Messiah. So we focus on the promise, and then we focus in Christmas on the arrival, the advent, the the first arrival, uh, and then... What does that mean? We go through his birth, we go through you know all of the epiphany, all of the, the the wise men coming from all the other places, these gentiles coming to worship this 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 Jewish baby, and then we go through his life and we celebrate that. And so the entire year of worship is focused on the person and work of Jesus from from the anticipation of his arrival and of course we we take the whole bible seriously so we're not just reading just the gospels we'll we're we're including on sunday mornings old testament readings and psalms and and writings from the epistles we always have four readings every sunday old testament a new testament epistle a psalm and a reading from a gospel but the the anchor for the entire year is the personal work of jesus so we actually go through all the way from anticipating his arrival He's here. He's God with us, Emmanuel. Well, what does that mean? Well, He's here. He's here to be the Messiah, the the King for Israel. But He's also here for the rest of the world, the Gentiles, and He He does these miracles, and those are important. He, he's He's forgiving people of their sins. We go through the entire ministries, and then right now we're in Lent. We're focusing on um, our our sinfulness and our need for a Savior, and then we go right into. Passion Week. We celebrate an entire week of the last week of Jesus. We look at the seven last words. We look at his betrayal. We look at his uh, instituting the Lord's Supper, and then Easter. We have Good Friday, his crucifixion, and then Easter. But we do seven weeks of Easter, so we're just celebrating for about two months. No, yeah. he has risen, and then we we actually celebrate Pentecost, where he sends the Holy. Well, he ascends, and so the Ascension, and then we we spend a few weeks on. Pentecost where Jesus sends the Holy Spirit. And then finally, we end with Christ the King. He is enthroned in heaven at the right hand of the Father. He's King of kings and Lord of lords. And then the very next week, we start all over again. We start with the anticipation Hmm. of baby Jesus. So the the entire year, the plumb line is Jesus Christ. So that's where this, I was so shaped by doing that for so many years that that's where my attention is. One, because Hmm. it's Uh, been so influential for me, but also that's the heartbeat of the message of Christianity.
0: Yeah, yeah, so good, so good. Uh, We're going to continue our conversation in just a moment and take your calls as well. And I'm going to surprise a lot of our Moody Radio and Partners Affiliates audience by talking about two former presidents of Moody Bible Institute and their similar theological connection to where our friend Justin Holcomb is. We're going to continue our conversation with him in just a moment. We're talking about God with us, 365 devotions on the life and work of Christ. i got a couple more questions I want to ask him, then we're going to open up to the calls as well. Stay with us. We're going to continue this fascinating conversation with Justin Holcomb in just a minute. As believers in Jesus, we know our citizenship on earth is actually temporary, but the days can be challenging navigating a world in cultural decline. A.W. Tozer brings help and encouragement in his book, Culture, Living as Citizens of Heaven on Earth. He tackles the how-to of confronting and battling worldliness while we live in anticipation of heaven. Be better equipped to take on each day. Read Culture, Living as Citizens of Heaven on Earth. Your copy is at MoodyPublishers.com. Hey, we're back. It's Stetzer Live. My name is Ed Stetzer, and I have the privilege of serving as the executive director of the Wheaton College Billy Graham Center. I serve there as a dean and a professor at Wheaton College, at our grad school and undergrad program too. Um, and super excited to have today in, on the program a friend of many years. If you're just joining us, his name is Justin Holcomb. His book is God with Us. 365 devotions on the life and work of Christ. And he just walked through the liturgical year, which if you know the Anglican tradition, there's actually different attire that people wear during those seasons. But here's the thing. A lot of you are, of course we listen at, uh, you know, we have listeners all over the country, uh, over 150 outlets, and uh, a lot of different traditions. Most of you, though, aren't in that tradition. And even so, too, most of you are listening on partner stations. You know, from faith radio, and well, I can listen. We have wonderful partners and more who run this program, different denominational traditions. But here's a fun fact that a lot of people don't know, Two Of the former presidents of moody bible institute actually were anglicans and uh james gray and william culbertson they're both in the what's called the rec the reformed episcopal church justin's actually an evangelical in the uh in the episcopal uh diocese of central florida uh and uh, his bishop is, of course, Greg Brewer there as well, and uh, a friend of many years, longer than I've been friends with Justin, have I known his his uh, his pastor. So super excited to have him on the program. We are talking about uh, his, again, his book, God With Us. It's a devotion. And, and Justin, for what it's worth, I think when you, I get you saying 365 devotions, but people in their mind think January 1 when you say that. So it's not a dated devotional, correct? <laughs>
1: well, first of all. Anytime there's a famous Anglican anywhere, we just raise our hand and we're thrilled because uh, so yeah. thank you for the connection on that. It's like Isn't uh, that interesting? Uh, Isn't that
0: yeah. interesting? Two of them. Two of the former presidents. It's almost it. like yeah, it's very fascinating. Of course, and Moody historically is has uh not been an Anglican institution. It's it's uh you know, conservative evangelical, dispensational, uh, and more. But fascinating, yeah. the two presidents. I mean how how unusual. I mean, the Reformed Episcopal yeah. Church is a small, small group, but they had two it presidents, is. a Moody Bible institute.
1: And, and the Anglican Church is the third largest denomination worldwide. I'm not. I'm not saying that for like bragging rights. It's just just to give people no. a sense of like it's an yeah. it's an, it's a worldwide communion, and it's all over the church. And there's you know, and so there's a lot of variety. And uh, so I'm I'm always. I'm always surprised, but I shouldn't be surprised when I realize, oh, there's another Anglican because it is all yeah. over the place. Well, but, you know, so uh, we so think again.
0: if you go to Africa, if you go to Africa, you'll see like the. I think I don't. I think the Nigerian uh, Church of Nigeria claims over 18 million, um, and uh, but you know, I know some folks say the best statistical guess is I think eight million. That's a lot of Anglicans, and I mean just just people sharing the gospel, loving Jesus, yeah. and uh, yeah, it's it's fascinating. Not- to Ninety see million if worldwide, my, and uh, and yeah, I, I hey, actually
1: really yeah. got built into the Anglican Communion in, in in Sudan when I was going over there doing. Yeah. Some oh, that's right. Just ministry right. work and bump into a bunch of all the Christians were Anglicans. A bunch of them were so. Anyway, it's, this isn't a show about Anglicanism, but it that's is true. Uh, just that's to true. Give some context, so people. Can okay, just, so you but you go, know, go but, but talk to me about
0: about the devotional, right? Talk to me about the devotional, yeah, a little the devotional, so so it, yeah.
1: It's not it's not dated. Well, first of all, I wrote the devotional that I would want, because I have started devotionals on January 1st, and then it takes uh, the average, just so everyone knows, on a New Year's resolution, 80% of people are done with their New Year's resolutions by by Valentine's Day. Um, So, uh, And and I'm one of those people. And my daughters have the devotional, and they are shaming me already because they're further along than I am on my own devotional. So it's not dated for that reason. I wanted people to say, you know what, I'm on day 21, and I'll come back to day 22 when, maybe tomorrow, uh, maybe next week, but I wanted to, I didn't want to have a dated devotional, and I wanted to make it accessible. It's literally one page, it has, it'll say the day, day 22, and it'll have a selection from Scripture, and then an excerpt from a famous pastor or theologian within the Christian tradition that unpacks a some of the meaning of that passage. And so it's, it's scripture-focused. It's not me writing about, you know, and, and I'm not throwing rocks at those devotionals. I'm just not as gifted as those, those, those type of people who can write a few pages of amazing stuff. Um, so it is, it's a passage from scripture and a major theologian or pastor in the tradition, some that you will know. Everyone will know someone, and there's always going to be someone new to every single reader. So we have Spurgeon, we have Luther, we have Jonathan Edwards, we have uh, Aquinas. so we, we have them all over the place and it is uh, 400 words or less. So it takes about three to four minutes for uh, to read that passage. And then I'm not I'm not suggesting that this is the only thing that you're doing It's a great it would be a, a great guide for a year, but it's there to complement and, and supplement. Um, what people are already doing with their church or something like that. It's, it's not burdensome, and uh, it's flexible, and it can fit within uh, your your schedule and your speed. So I, I tried cool. to make it as accommodating as possible because I needed one like that.
0: Cool. And and here's the thing, too. I, I want to mention one more thing, and then I want to talk more broadly. But um, one of the things that you remind us of, just as you walked us through the, the liturgical year, and rooted in the life and work of Christ, is that these kinds of devotionals that actually point back to, uh, you know, leaders of the church over the centuries also remind us that Christianity wasn't founded in 1997. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a rich understanding of the gospel of 2,000 years. And so I, what mm-hmm. I'm blessed by is I go back and I'm like, okay, wow, this is something that I can reflect back on. Uh, something we might, you know, there's a communion of saints, if you will, that goes back for two mm-hmm. millennia. And it roots us in that. So you root us in the scriptural text, but then, probably because you're an Anglican, you also want to remind us that we're rooted in the history of the church that goes over two millennia. Why is it important for Christians to think not just that, you know, Jesus and my guitar, you know, started this movement in the 1990s?
1: Yeah, well, everyone kind of freeze frames... Uh, built on their tradition or when they came to Christ. And so you said 1997, I know some places that would say 1517, that's the Protestant Reformation, that was important. And so they kind of think, okay, that's when things really got started, and then you have Augustine in 300. So it's important because God has been faithful. He has always given uh, leaders who help lead us and His people to point back to Scripture and to Jesus. That's how we know God and what God is doing in the world is because of the, the inerrant scriptures that God has given us of the Old and New Testament and Jesus Christ. We learn about God by looking to Jesus. And, but what we need also is, well, one, uh, we, all Christians have the Holy Spirit indwelling them, so we can look at Scripture on our own and learn about God. We can read about Jesus and learn. So the Holy Spirit leads us, but the Holy Spirit also uses these secondary other people pastors, authors, theologians who, who point back to Jesus. And so why it's so helpful is because we're standing on their shoulders, and we have, we've been handed over this great tradition from, from all of these thinkers that have influenced so many of our pastors and ourselves. And so it, there's a humility to that, because uh, this isn't just me and God. Now, I'm going to stand before God, and He's going to ask me do you, are your sins forgiven, and are you declared righteous because of faith in Jesus? That, that is, it's, he gives me the gift of faith, and I have faith in Jesus, and that's important. But he also gives us the community of saints. And so think of your church that, um, I mean, we all have the, the blessing of an individual church. Well, then think about all of, the, all of the churches around the world right now and how wonderful that is. We were just talking about it here. 90 million Anglicans worldwide. There's millions and millions of Christians right now who constitute the church worldwide. Well, there's also a church of the past that all of the Christians that have been, and it's so encouraging to see the 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 what God's people—so I'm thinking of the books that have encouraged us, the pastors that have pointed us to Jesus, the authors that have blown our minds and caused us to jump for joy and, and weep in repentance. Think of all the Christian musicians and artists and playwrights and, and all of these people. Uh, God is, they are a gift to God's people. They're not the main gift. That's Jesus and scripture. But when we are pointing back to Jesus in scripture, God uses us powerfully to encourage other people. And, th- and that, that's, that's what's so important. The idea that there might be thousands of people who would, be renewed in focusing on Jesus, and then, uh, yeah, the, our pastors can do that. But as a minister, I get to hear stories of lay people who are leading people to Christ and discipling their neighbor and encouraging them to come to church, and they're doing wonderful Jesus-focused ministry. And that's what that's what the gift of all of these people in two thousand years. It's it's humbling uh, because it helps us realize, hey. My Anglican tradition is just one little chunk, one little section of this large vineyard of what God is doing in, in, in his church. And so there's humility of realizing that, that my church isn't the one and only, and, uh, and, and this time isn't the one and only. This, this is an important time. It's not the most important time in the history of the world. And so it helpfully flattens out a little bit of um, potentially the arrogance that we might have about ourselves or our church or our tradition.
0: So good. So good. We're talking to Justin Holcomb. Uh, we're talking, well, we're talking about a lot of things, history of the church and more. He's got a brand new book out called uh, God With Us. It's like I said, it's on my desk. I'm using it now myself. It's 365 devotions on the life and work of Christ. Um, the the uh, just and by the way, let me let me mention my team here. My team here makes all this magic happen is uh, is Courtney Young. You see our engineer, Karen Hendren, our producer, Eric Tidwell's man on the phones today. Thanks to them. Uh, Karen, let me ask you to do me a favor. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we had uh, we had a guest on, and uh, we were talking about creating a time alone with God. Let me link, we'll link that into this. Tom Holliday was our guest. We were actually live out in uh, K-Wave and one of our partner affiliates out there. And the reason I want to talk about that is, and when we come back, and we're going to continue our conversation in just a moment, but for about a, just a minute, Justin, one of the things, because I'm going to be a whole show with Tom about this, but... We're trying to encourage people to get consistent in their own spiritual formation. Take about thirty seconds to introduce the idea of consistency in time alone with the Lord, and then we'll continue our conversation in just a moment. But give us thirty seconds.
1: Thirty seconds. We are always we're going to be shaped by something. I am shaped and you are shaped by the things we see, the world we live in. It's going to shape our affections. It's going to shape our desires. It's going to shape our hearts and what we what we celebrate, what we worship. And we are going to be shaped so if we have any say and influence over the direction we're going to be shaped, let's do it. Because being shaped toward um, aggressive, um, antagonistic, caustic type of ways of engaging others in the world is, it sucks the life out of the world and ourselves, or we can be shaped by the gracious, gospel, the good news that our sins are forgiven, that we're a member of God's family, and that other people are there with us, that we can serve and have served us. So we are going to be shaped, being shaped by scripture is the best thing for our souls.
0: Yeah, amen, amen. Let's invite you in the conversation, 877-548-3675. Again, our number is 877-548-3675. Hey, we're back. Ed Stetzer live and continuing our conversation with Justin Holcomb, a friend of many years. He's and actually, too, let me mention as well that he's written several books that we've actually had um, him on the program before. Talk about his book on, uh, on abuse. Uh, he's also written on theology, <laughs> fascinating. I mean, array of books I've written or edited over twenty books. They're all linked at EdStetzerLive and we're talking particularly today about this uh, new devotional. It's the God with Us, three hundred sixty-five devotions on the life and work of Christ. Um, you know, one of the things I would describe your your devotional writing here as is, I mean, you 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 have rightly emphasized this is something that would be if you're if you're a regular person who's engaging the scriptures time alone with God. This would be um, you know a shorter e- engagement for you, a shorter uh, resource for you. If it's new, it might be you know it might be an, un- an entry point, which would be which would be great. But one of the things I, I liked about it is, um, I guess when when I was a young man, you know, and I was actually the first place I ever read the Bible or public spoke was the church where you serve um you know i i I, my devotional was i I think there was a book that i got or maybe it was later but it's it's still kind of emblematic of my approach it was a little devotional that says if jesus loves me you know why can't i get my locker open you know i was in high school and or somewhere around there and you know it's i think we can have a devotional experience that just kind of lets me and jesus have a few minutes which i'm just saying i think that i mean let's let's whenever people spend time with the lord and in the word that's a good thing but it seems to me that your approach here is helping people to have a, a richer. Again, there's there's a theme. The theme's not, I can't get my locker open. And by the way, if you wrote that book, I'm not saying it was bad. I think I, I literally remember it. I literally remember it. So, um, But, you know, as an adult, you know, God with us. You're talking about the life and work of Christ and the person of Christ. Um, and, and then, you know, tying us into history. So it seems like, and, and again, I may be putting words or descriptions in your mouth, but it seems like you're trying to help us in a short amount of time dig a little deeper into the richness both of the gospel and our tradition. Am I am am I am I reading that right? And if so, tell me more.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean and same thing. I I remember some of the devotional resources that I had and I was shaped by them and and God used that to help. And and there's there was nothing wrong with those. They were they, they gave me nourishment They fix my eyes on God and Scripture and all that. But I wanted to, instead of doing a few pages each day of my pontificating, I wanted to get specifically back, not just to the Bible, which I'm all for teaching the Bible, but the specific thread. Because Jesus Christ is the centerpiece. Like, the, the absolute heartbeat of what God is doing in the world has culminated in the person and work of Jesus Christ. He is the fulfillment of all of the Old Testament prophe- prophecies and, and, and what God was doing. Because ever since the beginning, Genesis 3.15, right after the fall, there's the prom- there's a promise, which is called the you know, the proto-ulangelion, which is the, the pre-gospel, basically. But it's, it's a promise from God. Satan, the seed of woman, is going to crush your head, and you're going to strike his heel. And then ever since then, there were different covenants that God was making with his people, and, and he was making promises. The Old Testament is filled with promises of what God will accomplish despite our faithfulness. Uh, sometimes against being we're faceless, and he's like, well, you haven't been faithful, but I'm faithful. And the ultimate picture of God's faithfulness to his people is Jesus Christ. What I love about John 3.16, okay, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Well, that's not the first time the word world shows up in John. The first Mm -hmm. time that word world shows up is in John 1 where it says, Jesus came, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, but the world did not recognize him. The world rejected him and didn't recognize its own maker. And so the world that Jesus came to die for, for God so loved the world that he gave Jesus, is a rebellious world who has not honored him, and that's the scandal of the gospel. So I wanted to get to the heartbeat of the good news, the promise. There's other things that we could focus on in devotional, and and those are wonderful, but I just wanted to hit the bullseye, and that's what I was shooting for. There's an entire target, and they're all good. The target is good and healthy. It's from Scripture, but the bullseye is Jesus Christ, who he is and what he's done. So I was trying to I don't want to say deeper and make it sound like the other ones are shallow. I'm not saying that, but right, I wanted totally, to get totally. focused. I wanted to get. I wanted. Yeah. To, I wanted to focus on the anchor. This is the. We can be distracted by so many things of desires and wars and threats and all of these things. What's the bullseye of what God is doing, and that is Jesus Christ. And what does that mean for me, and what does that mean for the world? So that that's yeah. what's happening, and so I think you're right. And and again, we want to say that with humility. This this, this isn't deeper like the others are shallow. It's not yeah. meat and the others are milk. It's just focused on uh, yeah. on the the heartbeat of what God is doing to respond to the world's need
0: yeah and I think I probably didn't sound, may say that as humbly as you did, and I think that's good because that book by the way, I Googled it I, that was actually not something I was it was, it's, it was published in early two thousand, so it's definitely not something that I read when I was in high school, and I remember it was real helpful for some teenagers so, so again there's different places and space and time that we're going to engage some of these things so so for for me, I just found the richness of what you 're doing just reminds us of the richness of the gospel and particularly the work. And person of Christ, you know, you and I have been around long enough. We, we, you know, it's all about Jesus is a phrase that you and I have used. Um, We've, you know, when I speak somewhere, I say, "Pray." We make much of Jesus. When I spoke at your church, I think I probably tweeted that. "Pray." I make much of. We make much of Jesus. So, I mean, our focus is the person, work, life of Christ. And sometimes people might say, "Well, you know, what about?" Being a good person, what about you know uh, being kind to others? What about giving or serving or sharing or or ministering to the poor? Um, how does focusing on the life worth and person of Jesus impact everything else in our life? Unpack that for us a bit
1: Well, we are that's a great question we we are We are recipients of unconditional love. we uh, the work of Jesus and the grace we get from Jesus, we do not deserve it. And we, we've sinned, and so we're guilty, and we've been sinned against, so we, we have the sting of shame. And, and and when we are recipients of God's unconditional love, we now have an experience. We go, oh, we know what this feels like. We know how powerful this is to us. We know what being forgiven looks like. We, we know what uh, a patient response to our rebellion looks like. And so now that we have that experience, that actually shapes us. It me— asking God for forgiveness, and always being granted forgiveness, not because of my merit or because of my faithfulness, but because of God's goodness, that shapes me as a husband. That shapes me as a parent. It makes me slowly and eventually more patient, more loving. Uh, And so that's one, is that by the very fact of our experience of the ministry of of Jesus, uh, of unconditional love, but it also helps because we start seeing who who does Jesus seem to care for? He he makes a beeline for, he cares about the self-righteous, he calls them to repentance, and he also makes a beeline and calls the the, the, the not self-righteous, the, the ones who are notorious sinners, the, the people who are excluded. And so you, we get to see Jesus's heartbeat for the entire world of who he has come for. And so that's helpful too, because it's easy for me to focus on my little group of, you know, Anglicans or Christians, and and not think through the rest of the world. He came for my neighbor who has never even thought of the Bible or Jesus, because we live in such a de-churched culture right now, or unchurched culture. So it helps expand, it, help, it helps with our relationships, it helps with um, the our heartbeat of mission and purpose of for whom did God come, that's where I should be, and it also flattens out our self-righteousness. When, when I am if I'm starving and I'm given a meal that I did not make, and I am thrilled that I have eaten from the bounty of this wonderful meal, uh, it, it makes me humble and patient to others. Uh, that uh, I, I get I, the posture is not, oh, come on, people, get it together. It's hey, I was a starving beggar and I was giving food. Can I show you where it is? And so it's mm-hmm. uh, there, there's humility that's built into that also. And so all of this comes together and and there's more of that. I don't want to, I'll I'll stop there and see if you want me to unpack more on how it shapes our our life. But the the focus on Jesus is not just a head trip. That's the big thing. Uh, The focus on what Jesus has done, it burrows into our hearts, kind of like one of those uh, time capsule vitamins. Um, I I take one of those whenever I remember, and and it gives me vitamins throughout the day. It kind of burrows into our hearts and in, in, And gives us uh, the experience of unconditional love, it gives us the scope of what God is doing, and it gives us the patience and humility to engage the world uh, as a forgiven sinner, not a self-righteous saint.
0: Love it. We're talking to Justin Holcomb. We're talking about his new book, God With Us, 365 Devotions and the Person and Work of Christ. The last time we had uh, Justin on the program, with, it was with Lindsay, his wife, and he because they, they've written several books together. Uh, he's written some of his own, but Rid of My Disgrace, Hope and Healing for Victims of Sexual Assault. The last time we had him on, we talked about God Made All of Me, a book to help children protect their bodies, God Made Me, uh, and more. So we're going to do our conversation with Justin with your calls uh, in just a moment. Hey, we're going to go to your calls. Uh, Ed Stetzer Live here, eight seven seven five four eight three six seven five. 548 Justin Holcomb's my guest. We're talking about his devotional, God With Us. And we're talking really about the life and person of Christ. It's a theme of the devotional, how being centered on the life and person of Christ makes well, it makes so much of a difference in our lives. We're talking about even some about establishing and maintaining a kind of love with God. So I want to invite you to call, comment, question 877 um, 548 We're going to go down to Mindy in sunny Tampa, Florida. Mindy, you're live on the air with your question or your comment. Go ahead. Hi, gentlemen. Um, Justin, I just want to really thank you for um, writing the book, My Disgrace. And I'm wanting to ask if this book that you've written, I find as I'm healing from my own uh, recovery from that subject matter. Do you think your book can help me experience intimacy with the Lord without being traumatized or any
1: blocks from the spiritual and sexual abuse I've experienced? Well, Mindy, uh, well thank you for uh, the encouragement on Rid of My Disgrace. And as a matter of fact, uh, this devotional came out of that book in the sense of the heartbeat from it. Rid of My Disgrace, just for the other listeners, is the first book my wife and I wrote, and it is for hope and healing for those who have suffered sexual abuse. And the, the application of the person and work of Christ in that book is what people have told us. That's what's distinctive. Mm-hmm. That's what was so helpful is talking about how does Jesus' resurrection relate to my sense of shame? How does Jesus's perfect life relate to my sense of feeling dirty? What, is, what in the world does it mean for Jesus to return? How does that influence how I feel about revenge or anger? And what is the fact that God called me an adopted child? What does that mean for my sense of uh, distorted identity? And uh, so the the hope from that book has uh, we, we kind of took that and magnified it and said, okay, let's focus on the specific works of Jesus. Jesus is the ascended Lord. And so there's a few passages in the devotional that talk about what is he doing as he's the ascended Lord? Well, he's interceding for you, he's, he's praying for you right now. Jesus right now is on his throne and he is praying for his people. He's mediating, he, he has given us access to the Father. That we can go boldly before the throne room of God, and, and he is advocating on our behalf. He's, he's looking at the accuser of you and all of God's children who wants to accuse them and say they should be condemned and saying no, because of what Jesus has done, they're not condemned. So I would say absolutely this would be the, the magnifying glass focus on the good news from that earlier book because that's what we were trying to do. How do we connect the grace of God found in Jesus Christ to the sense of disgrace that we all feel as people who have sinned or people who have been sinned against? So yes, Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ is the application of the grace of God to the disgrace that we all feel. So I think it would, I don't think it would trigger or activate. I don't think it would do anything like that. I think, I hope that God would use it for more hope and healing as he is being faithful, and he will not Philippians one six Mindy, he will not he, he will not stop what he's doing with you. He will see through to completion what he started with you, and so you have that great promise that he will be faithful to you.
0: So good, so good, and and you can uh, if you would stay in the line too, uh, Mindy. We want to give you a copy of Justin's book, and so hopefully it'll be an encouragement to you. Again, it's God with us, and it's three hundred sixty five uh, devotions. And, and again, uh, let me just say to Justin and Lindsay, of course, co-authored that and uh, to I think several of the other books you've written, particularly around issues of abuse and protecting of children and more, that I have learned so much from you, Justin, and from Lindsay, and so thankful. So though our conversation here was focused, because this is your, your newest resource, um, people can find that all linked at edstetzerlive.com And again, the, the book that, uh, that our caller just mentioned, that Mindy just mentioned, is called Rid of My Disgrace, Hope and Healing for Victims of Sexual Abuse that Lindsay and Justin and, uh, wrote together as well. Um, so let's go. Let's go to a uh, to, to another call here. So um, let's see. Oops. Oops. Um, okay. No, we we'll hold off on it. We, well, I think. I, I, thank you, Courtney. I think Michael though is wants to talk to our producer. So we'll do that. And back. But back to our conversation. Um, when you talk about the work of Christ, and. It seems to be there's the work of Christ, but then we're kind of walking through some ongoing work. Even your devotional kind of speaks to that we're doing some ongoing work to grow in our spiritual life. How does the work of Christ and our response to his work and our own growth, how do those relate? And how did that, How does that connect together?
1: Yeah, well, that, that is the, it's the gas for our engine. It's the wind in our sails. And because what happens is, is we're now free. And, and so we're genuinely new. We're not completely new, but we are—if we have faith in Christ and He indwells us with His Holy Spirit, we are genuinely new. Because of Christ, we are, our sins are forgiven, and they always will be forgiven. We're declared righteous as if we have obeyed the commandments fully because Jesus' obedience is given to us. We, we are uh, filled with the Spirit and given gifts— and, and so we're now free, because before we, it, we were in bondage. We had chains around our ankles and over our shoulders, and we were burdened down by guilt and, and tripping ourselves up. And now we're actually new. And he's saying, hey, uh, not only, I mean, you are declared righteous and you're forgiven, but I, I'm going to make you what I call you. And so that's the process of sanctification. That's the Christian life. It's the Christian walk. How do we die to sin? And, and walk in new life, because he, he forgives us of our sins, but he's so gracious that he also changes our hearts so we walk in a different direction, so we don't harm ourselves or others with the sin that makes us guilty, because our problem is not only our guilt. I mean, that, that's, that is an issue, guilt and shame, but we're doing destruction to ourselves as dishonoring to God, and it harms other people. And so part of what he's doing is not just saying, hey, I'll forgive you, but I'm going to forgive you, and I'm going to change you. And so, and, and this is what the scriptures say, as we as we fix our eyes on the author and perfecter of our faith, keeping your eye on the prize, keeping your eye on the finish line. I mean, my, my girls play volleyball, and they, you know, in volleyball, you're touching the ball times in a hundred in, times in, a, in, in an afternoon. You're going to make some mistakes, and so Frequently, I just look at them and I'll pull them over during a timeout and just say, "Hey, do what you know. Keep your eye on keep your eye on what you what you can do." And, and it's a, it's, I mean that in a very simple way. Keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus is one we need good news because every day there's it feels like there's unevangelized parts of my heart that that still are kicking and fighting against what God has been doing. By I have a new heart and new mind, and so keeping my eyes fixed on Jesus. Is what gives me a shot <laughs> of of not messing it all up and and God in his faithfulness kind of keeps me in that in that groove, so that's that's one one or two places of where focusing on the life of Christ helps with our walk and i I love because it's not disconnected it's not like hey i'm going to fix fixate on Jesus over here, and that's a head trip um There's great ideas and thoughts and doctrines and theology that we need to have. But hopefully, our fixing our eyes on Jesus gives us great doctrine, but it also gives us uh, what's called orthopatheos—right feelings, proper emotions—that mm-hmm. come with that. There's humility and joy and gratitude. You can hear me talking to Mindy, like I'm bowled over that God calls me His adopted son. know, yeah. uh, I mean, I'm not a child by nature of of God, but He makes me, He adopts me into His family, and I didn't do anything to deserve it. Like. That's going to that's going to get you in the heart, and that's going to that's going to change your heart. And then right thinking and right heart also is connected to right living, proper living, godly living. And so this all goes together. It's not just a head trip. It's not just our emotions or sentiment. It's not just hey, here's some direction. Come on, just walk in that direction. All three of those come together. And in focusing on the personal work of Jesus influences our, our beliefs, our emotions, and our life
0: so good. You know, now you know, listeners, why I love Justin Holcomb, and you just heard his heart today. And again, I found super helpful, God With Us, 365 Devotions on the Personal Work of Christ. That's his new book. Uh, but also, too, I, I just found super helpful. I mean, I've learned so much uh, about from their ministry, he and Lindsay, on, on, on abuse and, and more, and healing. And so I want to encourage you to go to edsdebtsarelive.com. All the resources are listed there as well. So thanks to everyone for joining us today. Um, next week, I'm going to sit down with uh, Anthony Bradley. King College professor. We're going to talk about uh, about men, their role, um, sacrifice, and more. Here at today's program again, you can, as always, find it at edstetzerlive.com. You can also subscribe to the podcast there and download these things each week. Thanks for listening to Ed Stetzer Live.